Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today? I'm amazing. How are you? If I was any better, I'd be in Arizona watching the Reds on a daily basis, writing sports columns for the Cincinnati Enquirer slash USA Today, just like our special guest today, Mr. Bobby Nightingale. How are you? Well, actually, I, I don't know if you'd actually agree because I heard in Cincy it was in the 60s today and in Arizona it was in the 60s. So, <laughs> you got, so you, you've got nothing on us, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so how beautiful has it been for the last couple of weeks in Arizona? I mean, it's great to see baseball in person again. I mean, after last year, just getting through that year, that was kind of Hopefully we don't have to do that again, but just been nice to travel again and kind of have some sense of normalcy. I mean, still mask and everything, but uh, as close to normal as we can be right now. What are they doing uh, for you guys for interviews right now? Are you guys in-person interviews or, I mean, or are you going to the games, watching the games and then having to do Zoom interviews afterwards? Yeah, it's almost uh, like 99% Zoom, but there are, there are, a little bit of one-on-ones in person, that type of thing. You can still talk to people, but um, so it's more than last year, but it's not not anywhere close to where we used to be. Gotcha. Step in the right direction, though. It's good. One percent yeah. every day. There you go. <laughs> right on. All right, so let's jump right into it. Then I, you've got to be sick of talking about this. I'm sure you can't wait till the season starts. So it, whatever they decide, they decide. But let's start in the infield. Let's go over it. <laughs> Just go over it and get it over with. Is a Eugenio Suarez definitely the shortstop on opening day? Is Jonathan India definitely the second baseman on opening day? I think so. I mean, I'd, I'd be surprised if it's anybody but those two in those spots. I think you don't. I don't think you make that move if you don't intend for that to happen. Um, you know, if, if they were going to try it out, I think you would have done it in the first couple weeks of camp instead of the last two weeks. So I feel like they're almost at this point where it's like, all right. We're going to talk ourselves into it. You're going to have a lot worse defense at shortstop. I mean, Suarez is truly a third baseman. But Mike Moustakas is back to his natural position. He should be at least equal to Suarez at third base defensively. Uh, and then Jonathan India is a better second baseman than Mike Moustakas. So you can almost look at it as, as you improve two positions. You take a step back at shortstop. But you have your best offense out there, definitely by far, I think. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think I'd be shocked if it goes any other way. So what you, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I I was going to say, what do you gain on offense? Uh, Does that outweigh what you're losing on deep? Because I mean, you're going to definitely a better offensive lineup, but you're probably losing some, something on defense, would you say? And, and what's the net balance there? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the big question this season. I mean, I think that's the bet they're making to me. It comes down to Jonathan India versus Kyle Farmer when everyone's healthy, when Joey Votto's playing first base, you basically took Kyle Farmer, your starting shortstop, who hasn't really, he doesn't have a ton of experience at shortstop, but he was going to be the starting shortstop probably going into the year. And you replace him with Jonathan India. If Jonathan India has a great rookie season, I mean, he's going to struggle. All rookies do. Um, But if he can hit at the bottom of the lineup and provide more offense than Kyle Farmer and anyone else would have played shortstop like D strange Gordon um, to me, to me, that's, that's the bet they're making is we can, get a lot more for Jonathan India than we could have if we kept the golf armor at shortstop. How fun is it to say D strange Gordon? 
I like I like the D Gordon name though. It's just rolled a lot smoother. Hundred percent. It's been so such much. a hard. It's been so hard for me to get used to that. Have you guys seen his jersey? Like it's the strange Gordon. He's a small guy. It goes all the yeah. way around. All the way around. Yeah, it like reminds me of. J- Reminds me of Jared Saltalamachia. <laughs> Omar Garcia Parra. Garcia Parra is used to wrap all the way around, too. Oh, man. Uh, I, so, uh, speaking of that, yeah, speaking of D Strange Gordon, that's, I mean, I, I'm just going to be honest. I'm, I was rooting like crazy for that guy to make it because I love, Chris knows this from all the Billy Hamilton uh, stuff I was, I was talking back in the day, trying to, trying to um, apologize for him. I uh I, I wanted D Strange Gordon for the same reasons to make this team. It, to me, it looks like there are too many guys because offensively, it looks like this team looks pretty good offensively so far in spring. So because there are so many guys having good springs behind at, at the plate, is D Strange Gordon probably out? No, I think he still has a good chance. I mean, he's he brings speed that nobody else has, and I think that's when you're looking at it, filling out a bench, you know, I, I don't know if they'd feel comfortable starting him at shortstop every day, but he can play anywhere in the infield, uh, third, second, short. Um, and he's say, say you're in extra innings. You need a guy to be at second base and try and steal a base or something, or um, just score on a single. I mean, who are you going to trust more than a guy like him who's stolen all the bases he has in his career? I think over the past five years, only Billy Hamilton's stolen more. Um, so I, I think he's got a decent chance just because he brings something different to the table than, you know, a lot, a lot of these backup infielders bring the same thing. Like Alex Blaine, do you know, Max Schrock, some of these names you're hearing for the backup infielders, even Kyle Farmer, they're all kind of in the same category where D strange Gordon's a little different. So I think that helps him in the long run. You hear that Chris? Yeah. I heard that the only reason he's going to make this team is because they major league baseball decided to put a beer league softball rule into extra innings. That's what I just heard. (laughs) So tell me about this Max Schrock kid, because um, I've been listening to some games on the radio because I can't watch baseball games now because Fox sports, Ohio's the can't make a deal with anyone, which we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Uh, But tell me about this Max Schrock kid, because he's really hitting the heck out of yeah, he kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, he only has maybe 11 games of major league experience with the Cardinals last year. So just a waiver claim. Uh, they got him from the Cubs, just kind of bounced around a little bit. And he, he, all he's done is hit. I mean, he, he missed probably a week and a half because of the calf injury this camp. But every time he hits, he's sitting line drives, even if it's outs, right at guys. Um, in terms of just solid approach. He's a guy who doesn't strike out, too, throughout his whole career. Rarely strikes out, which... Um, I think gives him a chance for the bench just because you call in a guy off the bench, you want him to put the ball in play, whether it's a hit or an out, that's a lot better than a strikeout. So I, I could see him fitting that way too. Have they made a decision? If Are they going 13-13? Is that what they're doing? Uh, 13 fielders, 13 pitchers? I th- that's the plan. I mean, there's there's some nagging injuries and, you know, maybe if Otto can't get ready for opening day, maybe they change their plans. But if everything's – Ideal, it's going to be 13-13. How much will Lorenzen make it into this outfield this year? It's a good question. I mean, if you look at, like, if Shogo Akiyama's out for a while, and I don't think it'll be too long, but I could see him missing maybe three weeks to a month uh, because of his hamstring injury. I could see Lorenzen in late in games. I mean, say you have to double switch Nick Senzel for some reason, or even if Senzel got hurt, I mean, 
then you have to put someone else there and then Lorenzen's your best defensive outfielder. I still think he's probably the best defensive outfielder. I mean, you could replace Jesse Winker uh, with Lorenzen in left field or Nick Castellanos in right field with Lorenzen. So there's, there's only a few days he can do it though. Um, Because like the day after he starts when he's a starting pitcher, you're not going to have him play in the outfield. He's got to rest his arm. Probably the day before he starts, probably not. And then the day he starts, he can't. So it's probably two day, two of the five days um, in a cycle. But I, I could see it happening uh, more than we think. I'm so excited to finally get, see him get his chance in this starting rotation. For years, I have talked – we have talked – since he's came up and got thrown into the bullpen, it's always been a talk. Could he possibly get in? And think about – you talk about having him as a defensive replacement at the end of games, possibly getting some of the bats in the pinch hitting spot. But this is, I mean, you're going to have another bat. You're going to have a pitcher who could potentially bat fifth or sixth in your lineup every fifth day. That's not a bad gig, and I, I think he's deserved this. I think this kid is, I mean, he's been throwing four or five pitches out of the bullpen for, was that your, you the one talking about that? I think that was your story that I was reading. He's been throwing four or five pitches out of the bullpen for the last couple of years in anticipation of finally getting his chance. Um, is he, ha- is is he going to stay in that role or because he's had such success, will he be the first one to the bullpen if they need help? No, I think they're committed to him starting. Uh, he has a minor injury right now with the shoulder, but if everything's clear, I, th- I think he's definitely in the rotation or at least he'll get as long of a look as he can, as long as he's successful. Um, but like you said, I mean, it's something he's dreamed about for years. I mean, he felt like he didn't really get a fair shot. He did it his rookie year, and that was just his second year ever starting because in college he was a center fielder uh, and a closer. So he's, he transitioned to starting, and he always felt like if he had another chance at it, he'd be a lot better at it. Um, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of guys feel that way when they get older, uh, just more experience. So he, he's really excited about it, you can tell. Um, and just for the reasons you mentioned, too, he gets to hit more often. Uh, he, he has a better chance of playing the outfield, pinch running, all those things. He can, he can do. He can be more of a true two-way player versus as a reliever. There's always that idea in the back of your head. You're like, well, we don't want to burn him and not have him pitch. Um, so now he doesn't really have to worry about that two of the five days in that five-day pitching cycle. Yeah, and I know he. I know numbers don't matter nearly as much, especially for pitchers. I think in spring training, but it's it's almost been the opposite of of last year's season the pitching was so outstanding and the hitting was subpar and it's kind of been the opposite of that it seems like in spring training here is Lorenzen's one of those guys but there are several guys who I mean they're striking a lot of people out it seems like but then they're getting a lot of you know they're getting a lot of their pitches barreled too so um is that something is there anybody because for me, it's, it's, I understand how spring training works. You, you just work on your stuff. You don't go in with scouting reports and stuff like that. I think Lucas Sims said, said something about that today. Um, so I get it's, it's different. But at some point toward the middle, or to, from the middle toward the end, I would think you would want to see some progress in the, in the numbers or the results that you're getting more people out more often and guys aren't squaring you up as often. Is there any concern about any of these guys who, who, who have ERAs at nine or 12 or 15 that, you know, they're going to struggle going into the season? I don't think there's anyone I 
truly concerned about. I mean, Lorenzen, he eased into camp. Like last year, he was came into camp throwing 100. And this year, he came in throwing like low 90s. And that was on purpose. Um, just because of the long season, I think a lot of guys are like, let's take it easy. Um, you know, most guys only threw maximum 80 innings last year. Now, if you're a starter, you got to double that. If you're a reliever, like Amir Garrett pointed out, he threw 18 innings last year. And now he's going to be throwing at least, you know, 60, 70, especially if he's a closer, maybe 80. So um, I think a lot of them are taking it easy. I think now, because the last off day was yesterday on Monday. So I, I almost look at spring training in stages. And this is now the stage where it's like, okay, now you have to try. Now you have to have results. Maybe you're, maybe the scouting report's not there, like Lucas Sims said, but um, this was just his, his first outing of the spring. But for guys like Jeff Hoffman and all those other guys in the roster bubble, um, I, I think now is the time where it's like, okay, you have to show results compared to working on stuff. So we've got a pretty good idea of the starting lineup for this team going into opening day. Um, I think we've got a pretty good idea uh, with – Lorenz and Healthy, who are who our five-man rotation is going to be coming into this year? Who is the surprise that people need to be that people need to be watching these last few games of spring uh, that you've got to see this entire time that could easily make this team or could be the first ones called up from AAA later on because of how well they've played this spring? I think Jose De Leon's right on that bubble. He's uh, kind of a, he's been used as a starter during camp. He might be a reliever starter during the season, but he's got nasty stuff. I mean, he's got a great changeup, fastball. In the Puerto Rican Winter League, it was up to 98. Right now he's around like 94. But if he gets back up to 98, I could definitely see him having a huge impact. He just walks a lot of guys. And if he ever figures that out uh, with some tweaks with the coaching staff, he's a, he's a guy that I think will have a huge role on the team if he learns how to throw strikes consistently. Another guy, um, TJ Antone, I, th- I think – People saw him have success last year, so it's not like he's coming out of nowhere. But I, I really think if he's right, if he's healthy, I mean, he's he's got probably he was probably the nastiest pitcher I saw the first couple of weeks of spring. Wow! In terms of his fastball was up to ninety nine. He has an amazing slider, great curveball. So I, he's a guy that I think if he's pitching well, they're good, he's probably going to be in a relief role. But if he's pitching well, he's going to make the bullpen work. He won't be a closer, but he could definitely be like a Josh Hader role type where he pitches three innings out of the bullpen, shuts them down, hands the ball to the closer after that. Yeah. Um, was, was De Leon one of the guys that saw um, waiting on a ruling from major league baseball about his, um, about his options? Yeah. So if he, if he's out of options, that means he has to go through waivers um, to be sent to the minor leagues. And I, I doubt the Reds would have any interest in ever doing that. Um, with how much potential he has. So if he's out of options, he's definitely in the bullpen um, because he has to be on the active roster the entire season. If he has an option, I could see him going to the alternate site and they just keep him as a starter and wait till they have a needed starter. You know, someone – you never survive a season with five starters. So um, I could see him being the number six. So speaking of the alternate site <clears throat> now – that's not going to be an all-year thing, right? They are planning on starting minors just later in the season. It's when is that? When are the when is minor league baseball supposed to start? May fourth, so they can do the uh, May the fourth be with you. I think I think that's probably the reason for to sure. do all the promotions because I think that's a big money day for them. But May fourth, so they'll do the alternate site in Louisville. Um, 
and then they'll just transition to minor league baseball once we get closer to May. Uh, so speaking of the guys that are going to be there, there are, there are two guys specifically and another guy I wanted to ask you about. Um, do you think we will see Nick Lodolo or Hunter Green at all this year, even at the end of it? I think there's a chance you see Lodolo. Uh, he pitched – he's been pitching a little bit in major league games. I think he might pitch tomorrow too, um, which is a sign to me they want to see how he does against major league hitters and just give him that experience. Now, he still needs experience, so he'll probably start in double-A AA or triple-A. Um, but he's definitely, as a lefty, too, just a different look, guy who could come out of the bullpen maybe at the end of the season. Um, otherwise, maybe he's maybe deep into the starters if a bunch of starters got hurt. I could see him being kind of an emergency option. But they really like his potential. Hunter Green, I think you're probably not going to see him until 2022 at the earliest. Not that – I mean, the, the velocity is electric. Yeah, I mean, he's up to 104, uh, I think, the other day. But it's just he, – he, he's coming back from Tommy John. He hasn't faced hitters since 2018. It's just one of those I, – I think it's too much to ask to him to jump all the way to the major leagues in one year. Um, I'm sure he wants to do it. I know that's his goal. But uh, I, th- I think it's more realistic to think 2022 maybe is a chance at the rotation going into next year. I got, I got suckered into those – sorry, the, those first three pitches he threw – uh, in spring training when he first started. And then after that, he gave up like three straight hits. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but one other guy I really wanted to, I- I'm really interested in is Cam Bedrosian. Do, does, do you think he makes this team? Yeah, I do. I think he's been consistent enough where um, he's not, he's on a minor league deal right now, but I, I could see him making the opening day roster. He has a track record. It's been good with the angels. Um, and you just, the, you know, usually you give the benefit of the doubt to those guys too, that, um, as a veteran it's spring training, he'll figure things out during the season. If there's anything he needs to work on too. Votto comes back, came back last week or what was it? Yeah. It was Friday, Saturday, something like that. It was yesterday, wasn't it? Or Monday, Sunday, Sunday a couple of days, a few days ago. So, so Votto comes back to spring training. How long does it take for a guy I mean, baseball is a little different than football and basketball, where when you come back, you got to have your your stamina up and be, you know, in football shape and in basketball shape. Baseball is a little different. I mean, uh, it's not the, the stamina side of it isn't something that you really got to worry about as much as, I don't know, maybe strength. How bad was the COVID form? And is he going to be able to step right back into this team by the end of the week? Yeah, I mean, that's the big question. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, I could see it either way. He obviously he's a guy with experience, so um, he knows what he's doing in spring training. But to go from two weeks off, obviously he was built up before that, but to take two weeks off and then you have like 10 days to get ready for the season, to face major league hitting on an opening day, to face, you know, Jack Flaherty, I, th- I think that's a hard ask. Obviously, Vado's a veteran, and he, I, I think there's a chance he's ready. Um, but I, I think it's difficult to – to replicate that. I mean, I don't think you'll be in spring training games till at the end of the week at the earliest, maybe Thursday, Friday. So then you only have two or three spring training games. He'll probably stay here and get some extra work in uh, while the team gets flies back to Cincinnati and then flies in. If it's not opening day, I can see him maybe within the first week, but, and, and it's also say he had symptoms. I don't know if he did. He, did, he didn't want to talk about it. Um, but obviously that, that would slow things down too. 
Yeah, I mean, I just think about like the regular, if you go on to the injured list and you're on the, you know, 15 day injured list, I mean, people come off of that and play the very next day all the time. So, you know, without having to have a minor league, you know, depending on the injury or depending on what they were on it for, obviously, but people come back from that all the time. So I thought maybe he'd be able to slide right in, but doesn't sound the co- like but the COVID list is a little bit different that he was banned from the facility. So it wasn't even like you could, you know, hit off a tee while he was here. He was kind of quarantining by himself for, I think it was 13 days. Oh yeah. Cause he's not even at home at that point. He's out in, he's quarantined in a hotel room probably for two weeks. That's gotta be terrible. He's probably got a house out here. I would think just yeah, a, little, a guy yeah. who's been paid before. Yeah. You're probably right. But still, I mean, by, right. by himself. <laughs> so Speaking of that, uh, you are in – so how long are you in Arizona? How, when do you get there and when do you leave? I've been here since – I can't remember the date, but whenever the first uh, full squad workout was, I, le- I left for four days to go home to Cincy, um, saw my wife, and then out here until the last spring training game the day after I fly back to Cincy. Man, nice. So freshly married – only gets to go home for a few days. Did you have skyline? What was the what was the trip when you got back? I, I didn't have skyline, so I just moved to uh, Florence, Kentucky, in early February. Bought a house, so got some local places there. Lita's Tacos. I don't know if you guys have ever Ooh. good Mexican food there. I've seen Lita's Tacos before. I've never been there. Heard it's pretty good though. Yeah, it was surprising. I mean, I think Florence is a lot more diverse cuisine than uh than i thought when i moved there but well, when you drive everything's through, in florence yeah when you drive <laughs> and there's a big florence y'all sign on the water tower it doesn't come off as uh, much of a uh, diverse diverse cuisine kind of area <laughs> i google like food near me and it's like japanese mexican you know it has everything and it's just like wow this is it's a lot better than i thought it was when i moved out here so, so as another question about when you're out there. So for a guy like me who I would, my favorite thing in the world would be to cover a major league sports team. So obviously super jealous of what you do every day. But when you do have to do that, you work for a newspaper, right? So we all know where, where the printed word is this, these days. Do they put you up in like, you got like a, you know, you at the Bates Motel, you're in a Holiday Inn, <laughs> In the Marriott Express, where they got you in something like that? Well, we got a we have a three bedroom house out here. We're probably about ten minutes from the complex, um, and it's been kind of like a revolving door. Charlie Goldsmith, he's the other beat guy now. Replaced John Fay. He's been out here the whole time. And then uh, Paul Doherty was here last week. We had our photographer Sam Green out here for I think two weeks. So, got it. We we've we've made use of the house at least. Nice. There you go. That, that's at least you got some people to hang out with and, you know, you get your own little bubble to, to kind of, kind of be around. You can actually look at people in your own house without having a mask on. Like you got to do the entire time of the game. That's a, that's a, that's a nice way to do it. That's good. I, did, I mentioned this the other day. I, I don't know if you guys have ever noticed, but like with the masks, everyone wears masks. When people, some people take their masks off, their bottom and their mouth looks completely different than like my mind imagined. And, <laughs> for a huge loop i don't know if that ever happens to you guys but all the time yeah absolutely the, the best thing is when you when you're out and you and you see maybe a young lady and you're like hey she looks pretty nice and then you're like 
Actually, I have no idea what she looks like. <laughs> Saturday Night Live. Did, Saturday Night Live yeah. did the best skit on that. It was about it was there was it was there was a bunch of girls with masks on and uh, uh, Pete Davidson and somebody else were like rappers and they're there they did a rap about your grill. Take your mask down. Let me see your grill. <laughs> All these women dropped their masks down with it. Oh, just totally wrecked. Anyway, super fun. It just reminded me. Sorry, sorry for the tangent. <laughs> no, you're right about that though um okay so then if all those other beat writers are there if you could just go into the other room and bring everybody in together that'd be great we could just yeah. start this thing Do the call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bring in the lefty bring in the bring in the photographer this is the bullpen call now bring in the photographer Let's see what he <laughs> oh goodness gracious all right you got anything else on these red legs here because i got some i really want to get into our next spot if you got a little bit of extra time bobby we got yeah, something i got plenty of time I'm excited about this. Let's do it. Oh, no, wait. Hold on. I forgot. Before we do that, how am I going to watch the Reds this year, Bobby Nightingale? I have Hulu TV. He doesn't, he's not worried about it. He gets to watch them in person every day. Exactly. (laughs) But you had to have heard about this stuff going on. No, I've heard about it. Exactly. So I have Hulu TV. Adam has YouTube TV. My dad has YouTube TV. He calls me last night and says, You've been watching the Reds? I said, No, I've been listening to him. He said, Try to turn it on. Pulled up the old guide. I got every Fox Sports thing there is except Ohio. All of a sudden, it's gone. Same thing for YouTube TV. Same thing for like everything. If you have a streaming service, the only streaming service that has it is like AT&T or something like that right now. So I believe DirecTV still has it and the Dish still has it. So if I don't want to have cable, is there any way that we're going to be able to watch the Reds this year? I don't think there is legally. I mean, it's a it's one of those. It's All a Sinclair right. thing. I mean, it's not. Yeah. I don't even think the Reds have any control over it. It's just one no, of no. Of course, of course not. Broadcast so, rights fights. You mentioned the word legally. <laughs> After this is over, if you want to shoot a text or or, or email, call whatever, and let me know the illegal ways, <laughs> I'd appreciate. It. I just need the reds on the big screen is all I need. Well, I always hear, I, I haven't used it, but, um, cause I haven't had needed to use it, but like changing your VPNs and Reddit. And I hear that. I hear there's other ways to, to get around it. Do you yeah. see that? Do you see that go directly over both of our heads? <laughs> no, I, I've heard that like express VPN is a company that, um, a lot of uh, podcasts promote that, uh, as one of their sponsors, like, you can, it's a VPN. You can get like shows from other countries and like all kinds of things that you can't normally get. So that What's could be an option. I didn't even think about that. What is it? It basically what? changes your location. So you're like, yeah, you, you're in Cincy, but it says you're from New York. And so since you're out of market, you can see things. Yeah, but I don't even get it on different for out of market viewers. So even if I change my, 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 my volatile personal network. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i mean i can't even get it if i was in or out of network I, I i haven't used it so i can't say from experience how it works but that's that's my understanding is right, that- well if you know anybody that can hook me up to the pole you know in the middle of the night one night <laughs> throw over a cable line or something get me hooked back up uh you just you shoot that over to me i need i need something <laughs> i need something going or if you want to hold hold your phone up and just hit record and, or just FaceTime me every week, every game, and just hold it there. So we go. I, I'll take that. If you were to go in the broadcast booth, I can get. Oh, I could get Tom and uh, and the Cowboy. 
Not and Tom. then I get, yeah, Tom. What are you talking about? No, Tom. Why wouldn't I get Tom? What's his Tom. name? Tom. Tom something. I don't even know the guy. Tommy Thrall. Oh, Thrall. Tommy Thrall. That's right. That's right. Tommy Thrall. Uh, I'd get Tom and Tom and the Cowboy in your video. I'd totally take it. Just just throwing it out there for you. Okay, I could. That might be a money idea right there. Five bucks a game. You, you get. Yeah, you get a little. You get like a dollar a game from every person, every subscriber, and might be able to make a little bit of cash. Yeah, nice little side hustle. The Reds probably won't like it, uh, but you know. <laughs> Sure, you're gonna get right uh, on that. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, <laughs> speaking of the Reds, the Reds are Adam and I's favorite team. We live in Cincinnati. You currently live in Cincinnati. Every week on this podcast, Bobby, we do a little thing called the Mount Rushmore. Every week, it's something different. We've done Mount Rushmore of breakfast food. We've done Mount Rushmore of uh, sh- uh, Jordan shoes. Mount Rushmore of Sacramento Kings. Uh, <laughs> you name it, and we've done Mount Rushmore of. This week, we knew you were coming on, and we knew you were a Texas Rangers fan. So this week's Mount Rushmore is the Mount Rushmore of Texas, all-time Texas Rangers. So we get four. You get to pick four Texas Rangers all-time. Bobby, you're the guest. I'm going to let you go first because – I'll tell you this. I wrote down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I wrote down nine. And I truly believe you could put, if you put any of these nine in there, I wouldn't be mad at you. Okay. The problem with the, with the Rangers history is that, like, a lot of their good players are known for being on other teams. Sure. They spent time with the Rangers, but that's not their primary team. But so, so taking that into consideration, we don't take that. So like Alex Rodriguez, right? I wouldn't yeah. put Alex Rodriguez on this list. Alex Rodriguez may be one of the best players, but he's not one of the best all-time Rangers. Okay. So if that helps, if that helps. That's the way that we make things. At least that's what we did with the Sacramento Kings, which made it almost impossible to come up with four <laughs> Kings. Um but you still got a really good variety of people on this. Yeah. So if you're, I understand that you were prepared for this. Well, it was given a heads up. Could be. Yeah. A heads up. There you go. Maybe not prepared, but a heads up. Uh, let me know what you think. Who do you got? All right. So my four, number one is Juan Gonzalez. He's my favorite player growing up. Um, couldn't tell you why, but imitated his batting stance, his haircut, everything. Two times. Yeah. Yes. His haircut, too. That is so great. <laughs> I remember telling my dad, I'm like, give me the Juan Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, he had kind of the long, like the lettuce in the back, right? He had the. It, it All I know is I got some bad haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you look just like Juan Gonzalez. And I'm like, all right. That's all I care about. <laughs> that's what I'm going for. <laughs> that's one. Uh, Rodriguez, number two. Yeah. Hall of Fame catcher. Number three, Michael Young. Kind of like Mr. Texas Rangers. Yes. And I have my friend number four. Number four, I'll go with Adrian Beltre. There you go. Nicely done. Nicely done. I'll tell you this, Bobby. We have three of the four. I have, me and you have three of the four. The same. Mm. 
here, here, before you go, Chris, I'm just going to make it easy because those are the four that I had. So Bobby what? and I have the same exact <laughs> really same four. Yeah. Neither of you, you have Chris. Neither of you put Nolan Ryan on your list. See, that's I, where that's where I felt what? like he's not known for a Ranger. Like I think he joined the Rangers when he was 40. Yeah, but he threw two no hitters for the Rangers. He also recorded his what? 70 millionth strikeout and his 100 millionth strikeout and his 120th millionth strikeout with the Rangers. He set every old man record there was with the Texas Rangers. I feel like if at least our age, me and Adam, when I was growing up, he was playing for the Rangers. I don't remember him as an Astro or a Met or anything like that. I remember Nolan Ryan as a Texas Ranger. So it's my list. I put them on there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like in that same thing, then you could put Alex Rodriguez because he won an MVP on a last place team. He was only there three or four years too. But That's my thing though. He was only there for like three or four years. But Nolan Ryan pitched there for like seven years from like the time he was 36 long. to the time he was 57. He only he only pitched he only threw like 874 innings or something like that. I, I don't think he was there that long. No, all right, all right, all right. As as we discuss this for a second, I will do some quick reconnaissance. And, um, and, and I'll tell you while you're doing that, speaking of that, that's that's the biggest thing that jumped out to me looking through numbers and stuff, all like the all-time numbers for the Rangers is that is an organization that is very low in pitching. I mean, I wanted so badly to put Nolan Ryan on that list, but going through everything, I felt like, you know, the 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 hitters stacked up way better and I just couldn't and he's really the I mean, you got um let's see, I wrote some of these guys that, like uh Charlie Huff, Kenny Rogers, Bobby Witt, and then really after maybe Ferguson Jenkins, after that you've got guys like Derek Holland and you know, guys yeah. you Darvish for a few years. Yeah, you Darvish. Yeah. I mean, those are like their best, their, you know, their top 10, their four through 10 guys are like guys that you're like, eh, I don't know. And unfortunately, as a, as a lifelong huge Reds fan, I kind of have to admit the Reds are sort of like that too, really. Uh, if you're talking about tradition yeah. pitching, they're not, you know, they're, they don't, they're not ranked very highly either. But uh, I feel like I honestly felt better about the tradition of Reds pitching <laughs> when I looked at the Rangers. So here's what I'm going to say about Nolan Ryan. Yes, he pitched for the for the Rangers for only four years, and he pitched till he was 120. So that in in the scheme of things, probably wasn't that much of his career. But if you're a Hall of Fame pitcher, one of the top 15 pitchers of all time, and that's the hat you have on in your plaque, then you're a Texas Ranger. Is it the hat he has the on? Hat he has on. Wow, I'm surprised about that. Although he pitched for like nine teams. Oh, this silly background Adam's got me doing on here. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, all right. Well, that was fun. I mean, I was thinking we might have a little bit different, but we were we were pretty much on. So let's go through this real quick. So, what kept Rafi Palmero off? He only he he played for eight years for two different stints. Rafi Palmero, one of the best. I mean, he uh, just straight raked. Yeah, he was he was he was close to mine. He was probably right in that Michael Young, Adrian Beltre tier. I feel like Adrian, I, I feel like Adrian Beltre is automatic. Adrian Beltre is the answer 
He's the answer to every trip. If you've got a trivia question where it's top five guy from in the 2000s to do something, he's the answer to every single offensive trivia question. <laughs> and he won a gold glove every year for like 200 years in a row or something like that. Yeah. He and he and Pudge Rodriguez both are, I mean, that's why Pudge is so, because he was really good offensively, but he was maybe the second best defensive catcher ever. My dad hated me because I used to say Pudge Rodriguez was the best defensive catcher to ever play the game. <laughs> you don't still Not, feel that way, right? Uh, I, you know, I, I tell you what, I love Johnny Bench, and he changed the way people catch. But Pudge Rodriguez, might, him and Benito Santiago might have been the two best defensive players at that position that I personally ever got to see. Those are probably my three favorite catchers ever. Benito Santiago, I mean, oh. Bobby, I don't know exactly how old you are, if you were able to even remember watching Benito Santiago at all. Remember, like, the end of his career with the Giants? Yes. And That's he was still throwing, throwing guys out, picking guys off back at first from his knees with a, with a lefty up the bat. And I know I, I know I can't say this. I'm not in Cincinnati right now. That's the only reason I'm going to say it now. But Yadier Molina is incredible defensively. Sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. That, there's that's no a, denying that. There's no – I don't think that you'll get, I don't think you'll find a Cincinnati Red fan that will deny that because at some point in time, you just realize how great some people are, whether you hate the Cardinals or don't hate them or can't stand them for wanting to fight Brandon Phillips for saying, how you doing one day, giving a little <laughs> love tap saying, Hey, what's going on, pal? Jason LaRue. Yeah. That's the thing. If you, I feel like if you consider yourself a Reds, a really big Reds fan, no matter how you feel about him, if you can't have respect for how good that guy is and, and his longevity, especially at catcher, nobody plays catcher that long anymore. He's still catching almost every day. You, If you don't, then you're not a good Reds fan. It's, but he still gets booed every time he comes up to the plate. <laughs> he gets booed not because of how great he is, but because he's so – you don't boo terrible players. You boo the greats, Right. Both. <laughs> if you go, but if you go, if you're in a different city and an entire stadium is booing, you had to do something pretty great for them to want to boo you. I feel like people still hold the Phillips thing against them, but that was like 20, 2012. Yeah. Like, long 2010, time. I think. 2010? 2010? Holy cow. That's a, I feel like Jason LaRue should be more mad at him and not at Johnny Quaid. Jason LaRue's career was over anyway. Not according to him. <laughs> didn't he try to sue? Didn't he try to sue Johnny Cueto or something like that? Because he broke his face with his when he kicked him in his face. Anyway, it doesn't matter. All right, Bobby, we've kept you plenty long enough. We appreciate you coming on as always. Oh, when the season starts, when the season starts and we get into it, uh, love to have you on again. Maybe we can maybe we can catch up and grab some grab some more skyline one day. Yeah, I'm always down for that. I'm getting that. I'm getting that vaccine as soon as possible, and as soon as I do, we're going to Skyline, buddy. It's hard. To, <laughs> it's hard to sign up for, man. I've been trying like crazy. It's hard to sign up for that thing. So Kentucky side, Kentucky side's a lot easier. Is it? I just need to go to Kentucky and get it. So, do you guys? You playing any golf while you're out there? Real quick. I'm not a golfer. Not a golfer. I, I bought my tennis racket, but I have yet to play. So, no. that, that says about me. That's much better exercise. 
it is way better exercise. <laughs> That's why I would much rather play golf. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Sounds good. Thanks again for coming on, brother. And uh, and none of us had Josh Hamilton. So, you know, there you go. Another MVP. All right, Bobby, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the rest of spring training. Enjoy the house. And thanks for coming on. Yep. See you guys soon, hopefully. Thanks, See you, Bobby. buddy. Bobby Nightingale. I'm so terrible at ending interviews because I always have like one last thing. All right. See you. Oh, wait, by the way, I do that to every person that comes on this podcast. <laughs> I do the same thing. <laughs> I, I usually, I usually like throw you, not throw you under the bus. I don't know what the right word is term is for it, but uh, you're usually responsible for starting and ending. So it's not like I'm doing anything to help. I know I, I enjoy <laughs> it, but I need to be, we need, we, we got to figure out better ways to end these things. Um, you're totally fine. That being said, speaking of ending things, uh, we put on Twitter last week. We put on this podcast last week. We put on FaceTube last week that if you could beat Adam and Chris in the Nosebleed Sports Podcast tournament bracket game and you were in the top five, you would win a Nosebleed Sports Podcast T-shirt. Well, Adam Schmidt, you and I are at the top of the Nosebleed Sports Podcast bracket. Not because there's only two people in it. Oh, no. We have almost a thousand people. Yeah, it's like 978 or something like that. Something like that. But none of them are beating the two bracket geniuses that we are. Now, you have, who do you have winning the whole thing? I have Baylor. All right, you got Baylor, and I have Gonzaga, which I've never felt more confident about in my life, even though. Out of any team in this, their bracket's the one that's actually still put together with the top team. So they kind of have a hard way out compared, compared to any other bracket. But you know what? It is what it is. They're the best team in this thing. Yeah, they. I mean, they beat Oklahoma and looked fantastic doing it. Uh, so I expect them to be Creighton. Uh, Creighton's playing well, but uh, I definitely expect Gonzaga to, to continue on. So... But, uh, you know, we've got uh, Randy Witt is the first guy in line to get a shirt if it ended today. Now he's got Ohio State, who lost, who was upset in the first round by Oral Roberts, who also won their second round game against Florida and is a 15 seed in the Sweet 16, buddy. Unbelievable story. One of, I think it's four, the first time four double-digit seeds have ever been in the Sweet 16, I think I heard. Um, so he's got that, uh, Dylan Myers is next, Joe Leonard, Chris Gramke, and Eric Stidham. Is it Stidham? Stidham. So those are the five guys right now who are in line for shirts. We got a long way to go though. Joe Leonard and Randy Witt both <clears throat> have teams that are no longer in the tournament as Joe's got Illinois, Randy's got Ohio state. So everybody down below all you, the hundreds and hundreds down below them. Keep your head up. There's a long way to go. That's right. All right. So uh, that's a quick update. Uh, I don't know anything from the tournament stick out to you that you want to talk about, or I think you already said it. The fact that all these double digit seeds uh, made it to Sweet 16. However, before this started, we kind of talked about how there was a lot of double digit teams from Power Five conferences. So it wasn't a huge surprise to see 
some of the upsets that came through, right? Like we had the winner of the Michigan, both of us had the winner of the Michigan State UCLA game in the Sweet 16. And that's, you know, you called an upset. Uh, anytime Syracuse makes it to the Sweet 16, I don't feel like they're upsetting anybody, right? I mean, they might be a double-digit seed. It just is what it is. The Oral Roberts thing, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Uh, and this Loyola Chicago isn't really – it's not that big of an upset. Look at these guys, man. This Loyola Chicago team is good. They're an eight seed this year. They're a very good basketball team. And they're talking about this guy being the next Mark Few, right? Uh, if he ends up staying at Loyola Chicago, if they're going to put some money into that program, this guy could turn that place around. Chances are he'll be like every other coach and take the, the next big money gig that comes around. But Gonzaga threw a ton of money into that program around Mark Few when he made those two runs early in his career. And if Loyola is smart and they do that, they've got an opportunity of keeping this guy. Yeah. Yep. Um, it, it's always fun to see around this time as teams who didn't make the tournament or as teams fall off in the tournament or whatever, the coaching carousel start going around and, and seeing hires and who was fired and looks like uh, an assistant from X is going to take the Minnesota job who was yep. uh, Patino, Richard Patino uh, was let go there. All kinds of things working, uh, working their way through the NCAA right now. We'll have a lot more about the tournament next week, um, but we need to get into our comedy segment for this week because we were both really excited about this and I can't wait to talk to you about it. Chris, you chose Nate Bargatze, the greatest average American on Netflix. If you haven't watched it and you're listening to this, please, please watch it. But before I say that and act like I was a huge fan of it, we need to talk about it and uh, rate it. Okay. So um, I'll go ahead and go first. Cause when I first saw this was coming on, I was excited. I wanted to do this immediately. I have been listening to segments of this guy for years on YouTube and different things he's done. And the, the see the transformation just in his face over the past 10 years is hilarious. He needs to keep the beard. It's definitely a good look. Yes. The baby face, uh, a smooth, smooth, fat face thing that he had going on early. Not, not pretty. Um, I've been watching a bunch. I've watched this special twice now. And I laughed just as hard the second time as I did the first time. Adam, this, what did not disappoint me. Usually I'm all in on the, on the, on the dirty language, dirty comedy. That stuff cracks me up. You got your Jim Gaffigan stuff that you think is hilarious. And he don't, he don't, and I'm, you know, I could take him or leave him. Nate Bargetti doesn't cuss, doesn't say anything crazy. Like he doesn't get too, too dirty. This guy might be my favorite comedian right now. I gave him a 4.9. I did not laughing throughout this entire thing. This was, this guy is absolutely hilarious. I'll watch it again. I will watch this three. I'm going to, I'm going to try to get my wife to watch it because there's some really funny stuff in here that I'd love for her to listen to. She would crack up about this guy, the, the, when he starts talking about his kids and, in YouTube and he's got hours of his kids looking at and going, Hey guys, uh, subscribe to this and do this. Hey, today on the show, that's what my kids do all day. They take my phone 
And I've got video after video after video of the exact same thing. Hey guys, welcome to a video. That's what they say every single time. I was cracking up. The the kid in bed, um, the 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 whole thing. The 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 he starts off because this is outdoors, and he starts off talking about what do you say something like, uh, I know a guy that says he's had COVID. He got COVID back in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> we all know all the people he's talking about, and he delivers the jokes. So matter of factly, his timing is perfect. His little, it's almost like he's kind of stumbling, but he's really not. He's just throwing a couple extra little funny things in that catch you and then pull you right. Oh my God. This dude, the Chuck E. Cheese deal. When he's talking about Chuck E. Cheese. Oh my gosh, guys, I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah. I mean, I cracked up laughing the entire time. I got a ton of notes and wrote down a ton of different things. I could talk about them the whole time, but that's, I mean, that's all I got to tell you. That's all I got to say. Watch it. Cause I don't want to ruin this. Cause I, everyone needs to watch this. It's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. He, I, I agree with you. Nate Brigetti is, is one of the best comics around right now for sure. Uh, his, his, that's that was one of the most exciting things about hearing about this one coming out is it feels like he just had especially the Tennessee kid was yep. is only a year old a year and a half old or something like yep. that so he just put out a really really good special and then it feels like so quickly came back with another one that was all new stuff and just really outstanding um i i wrote down covid jokes like everybody almost a lot of people, comics are have or are going to have covid jokes his are probably the best I've heard so far. Um, and, and he he got out, he's out in front of a lot of these guys, right? Sam Morell, him got out in front of all these guys and they get their COVID jokes first because they did their outdoor, they did their they put their hour special in already. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they did a good job. Yeah, they're they're comics doing the road and everything, and I'm sure they have jokes, but these are the ones we're seeing. These are the ones that everybody gets to see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I wrote down Chuck E. Cheese. I wrote down Common Core Math. He does it. He's got a good, good so hilarious. ten minutes on that. Um, reversible jacket <laughs> that made me laugh really hard. He bought two of the same jacket because he didn't know it was reversible. <laughs> he loves talking about how dumb he is. The thing with his little with his little person friend. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! And then he says that that's the first time he that the little that his his buddy was the first time that he heard about this Nancy Kerrigan thing at the same time. And at the end of the special, it shows that guy. He's like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> the, the other thing I wrote down was attic stuff. When he was talking about when his wife catches him eating or whatever, he's like, I could, I could be three in the morning. I could go up in the attic and eat, you know, whatever and he said. He said she would turn on a light. When I got up there, she would turn on a light and say, what are you doing? Or something like that. He'd be like, what are you doing? And she's like, what? This is when I do my attic stuff. Or something like that. It's way it's way funnier than that. But when he said that, it, that made me laugh pretty hard. He's so good. He's so good. And if you've got a kid that sleeps in bed with you at night, like he talks about having this kid, his kid sleeps in bed with him at night still. And, uh, and, and I have, you know, at least one, sometimes up to three in my bed. And he said, he said, when I'm on the road, he said, when I'm on the road uh, in a hotel, I have to sleep with my head on a nightstand just to fall asleep because <laughs> that's what I'm used to doing. 
<laughs> she could turn a king size bed into a twin. <laughs> it, what's up with this eight year old going through menopause? She's always burning up in the middle of the night. Oh my God. So fun. I thought about you a lot when he was doing these jokes. Cause he has, yeah, he has kids like you do. And he thought he does a lot of stuff about jokes about uh, being married and with his wife and, and, uh, and his kids and everything. So if you are a, a family man, or woman, you'll enjoy that. He told um, another joke about about how he was about how dumb he is. He likes to talk about how dumb he is, which is really funny to me too, because that's, I you know we're all dumb, right? He said to show you how dumb it was. I was taking a I was taking a class called science my senior year in high school. <laughs> it was just called science, <laughs> and that reminded me I took biology my senior year. Every single kid at Elder took it their sophomore year. I was in biology as a senior with all sophomores. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. I, that. I, I think I took, uh, <laughs> I think I took keyboarding my senior year and I was in there with freshmen. Nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's, isn't that funny? They probably don't even have that class anymore because everyone knows how to use a keyboard before they get to high school. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The Oregon Trail, oh, never mind, that's no part. The Oregon Trail generation, I love that. We're the Oregon Trail generation. I, I, we're millennials. No, no, we're, like he said, we're in the middle, take on it. I'm part of the Oregon Trail generation. I'm taking that with me. Look it up. I know yeah. what it says, you oh, okay. <laughs> You're just claiming Oregon Trail. I got um, it. That's, he's technically Gen Z, technically. Oh, I look, thought there, I thought there really was a gap or something. I don't see. I, that's how dumb I am. I don't know. The generation gap is like the the, the three to four years in between the generation, like like two 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 years into this generation, two years behind this generation. Like that's the generation gap because they're not they're not quite this, but they're not quite that because they're at the end of one and at the beginning of another. Okay. I gotcha. Um, okay. So I could, I, I could be totally wrong about that. I can't, I, I don't totally know. I, re, I remember looking up millennial one time and uh, being surprised that I was, yeah. I think it starts in 1980 or something like that. Some people like, if you depends on the website, you go to some say 78, some say 80, some say 81. It's all over. Oh, all right. So who knows what it really is. <laughs> Um, so uh, your 4.9 is doing to me what I think I did to you again. Was it Eric Myers? Maybe, um, <laughs> you're making me rethink cause I had 3.9. I mean, I thought this was really good. That's okay. If I you had like 3.9, you had a 4.9, which has to be, this is my favorite, ever. this is my favorite special we've watched. This is my favorite. Wow. This is my favorite comedy special that we've watched. We're probably 60, 70 comedy specials in maybe. I mean, we might, we've been doing it over a year, probably 50 or 60 at least. And this is your favorite one. That's big. That More big than time. likely it's because every joke related to it, right? Like I felt like he, he relate everything related to me. So it made it easy, mm-hmm. you know, kids, marriage, the, you know, the, the, how old we are, the different things, you know, in hotels, uh, in hotel, in the cotton, whatever is whatever cast went out. <laughs> he said, hold on. I got a younger guy. I got a younger guy here. I'll set him up. And the guy was like 60 or 55 or something. Oh my gosh. And he got comfortable on his bed. He was back, back a little too far on my bed. 
the back of his calves were touching the bed. Yeah. <laughs> feet are dangling. <laughs> <laughs> that whole that whole bit was really good too. Um, oh, <laughs> the whole thing, the whole special. There was not a joke where I was like, eh, eh. I laughed at everything. That's awesome. It was really good. Uh, I'll stay where I'll stay at my three point nine. Uh, that's a, we've got a, a decent gap in there, but we both really loved it. I think that's the big thing. The most important thing. So we've got to make some choices here next week. I've got to pick a comedy special. You've got to pick a Mount Rushmore. Um, I'm going to go my comedy special. I'm going with, it's not a new one. All right. I'm going to start turning to Amazon prime. Cause there's a ton of comedy specials on Amazon prime. They might be, you know, some newer ones, some from three, four, five, six years ago, but there are so many on there. I, I was looking through them before. I'm like, man, there's so many good comics that I've either already seen or really want to see because I know they're good. So I'm going to go with a guy. I'm, I'm sure you know him, TJ Miller. You know TJ Miller. Yep. Um, in 2017, Meticulously Ridiculous is the title of the uh, special on Amazon Prime. It's, you know, four years or whatever, four years old now, but TJ Miller, I think is really funny. Um, he's been in a whole bunch of things now, uh, and he is just super, super stand-up comedian. He's one of those guys. I'm not a big, you know, a guy that has way too much energy. I, I'm, I'm mostly a low key guy most of the time. So, those we we watched some of those specials that it's like oh my gosh are you gonna have that kind of energy all the whole entire time yeah calm down. you know it gets a little gets a little over the top sometimes tj miller is like that i already know but i know how funny he is and i really really like him so let's go with meticulously ridiculous all right that sounds good we'll go with the sexual assault guy did he Oh man, he he's a uh, let's see, it was it was it. I was trying to look it up because I knew he got into some kind of sexual assault thing. Uh, I think it was an Uber deal. Yeah. It, oh my gosh. He, he settled. Know. He settled with somebody. He was he was uh, released on his own recognizance after bail. I mean, he was arrested. Uh, sexual assault, two thousand seventeen. An anonymous woman at George Washington University. <laughs> oh, yeah. two thousand seventeen, the same year that he did this special. <laughs> Well, it looks like he must have been traveling because it was at George Washington University. Uh, Amtrak bomb threat incident. Miller was arrested one night, April 9th, 2018 at LaGuardia. Uh, fake bomb threat on an Amtrak train. Oh, yeah. This dude. Yeah, this dude's, this dude's, uh, yeah, he's had all kinds of stuff. Work misconduct, 2018, when he was actress Alice Wetterlin. Uh on a show he was a, he was doing unprofessional behavior on set <laughs> well yeah that's how he behaves all the time uh no, no okay I, I i should have done my research on this um, oh, no, that's okay because i do think the guy is funny dude <laughs> all it's right. like louis ck right he's nasty he's nasty uh, weirdo but he's still a pretty fun guy he's he's one of the all-time greats <laughs> Bill Cosby. Uh, Bill Cosby too. I mean, <laughs> right, him down. Chris D'Elia. I mean, who, let's, let's go down the list of guys who are uh, in big, big trouble. trouble. 
I didn't even hear Chris D'Elia got in trouble. Oh, he he's been he just now in the last few weeks has come back into for almost a year now, for about a year, he's been off the grid. He's been off the radar completely, he hasn't done a, a pod his podcast was huge and he got into some some big mess and uh finally just in the last couple of weeks came back, started doing his podcast again and actually like started speaking about what happened and that kind of thing. So yeah. There you go. Oh, Lordy. Yep. It's just the age we live in now. So, uh, so you're going to do that. And what was the, what was, which one of these were you doing? Called meticulously ridiculous. Got it. TJ jailbird. I think that's what the J stands for. That must be it. Thomas jailbird Miller. Thomas probably. There you go. All right. So, on that note, uh, I get to choose our Mount Rushmore for next week. Um, and I am going to go with, uh, let's see, I'm going to go with, tell you what, not 100% prepared, thought I'd be able to do this one off the top of my head. Not working. So let's do this. Let's do this. Um, and I'm in a hotel room, so there is nothing I'm looking at <laughs> that is helping me in any Mount Rushmore of alarm clocks. Yeah, exactly. Mount Rushmore <laughs> of of drawer Bibles. Okay, uh, how about this? How about this? I got you. I got you. Mount Rushmore of Mount Rushmore of uh, man, this is terrific radio or podcasting. I really, want right. to do- I mean, really, we could uh, we could just make that decision off air and come back and do it next week. Uh, no, no, let's do it right now. Mount Rushmore. No, 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 no. Mount Rushmore of uh, who's 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 mm, uh, of Mount Rushmore of Cinderella teams in the NCAA tournament. The greatest Cinderella teams of all time. Excellent choice. Topical. NC State Wolfpack. You got Oral Roberts. You got. Uh, George Masons, you got all kinds of Golf Coast, Florida Golf Coast, all kinds. They have to have won, they have to have made it to the Sweet 16. That's my only, they have to have made it to the Sweet 16. So, so just because you, who was the team, who was the 16 seed that beat Virginia a few years back? Um, that doesn't count. Oh, you got to win two games. So, this old Roberts team would count different things like that. Okay. Or if you were like a nine seed or an eight seed and won the whole tournament, I feel like that should count too. UConn. There you go. Okay. All right. That's fair. NC State. All right. This is going to be no fun to figure out, but no, it will because you know what? Look up. Yeah, well, that's the thing. When you when you look it up, you're gonna be you're gonna start seeing all these things. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Yep. This will be a good one. There's one or two of them every single year. Yeah. 
absolutely. So, okay. All right. Good job. There we go. All right. So next week we'll, we'll tune, tune back in. So we'll know um, by next week, we'll know who's going to be in the final four, right? Cause we have this weekend, we'll have the sweet 16 and the elite eight. Uh, so we can go over anything uh, big that happens in those games and they, we will know the final four. We'll update you on the nosebleed sports podcast bracket pool, I guess. Do you still call it a pool? Yeah, um, sure. All right. We'll do that. Uh, we'll have some more stuff we'll probably be getting into. So it's going to be, it'll be the last week of spring training. So we'll be getting ready to get in. So maybe we'll do our, uh, our picks or our predictions for baseball coming up for this season. Perhaps we'll do that. Uh, we'll have plenty of stuff, plenty of stuff for you. We'll have TJ Miller. We'll have the NCAA the Mount Rushmore of NCAA Cinderella teams. It'll be a good episode. Sounds good to me, man. Until then, don't forget to turn your headlights on. <laughs>